1: And the goal that we have is to provide our listeners the real facts, the real stats about our local market. You wouldn't go into a football game without a well-prepared game plan. Well, real estate's no different. We will provide you with that information that will help you make that well-prepared game plan so you'll be a winner in the real estate market. And to help me with this today, we have Bo Miracle of Miracle Realty. Good morning, Bo.
0: Good morning, Don. Thanks for having me.
1: All right. Well, the Things are a little different than the last time you you were on the show. Yes, sir. (laughs) It was, I think, March of 2020. Um, We had just been hit with shelter in place. And I remember I had no clue what the answer is. You know, like, geez, what are we going to have to do now to sell real estate or to, you know, make a living? And um, we kind of bantered back and forth. And I think we came up with some good answers that proved how resilient we
0: not only have to be, but can be. Yes, did, for sure.
1: Did, do you remember the big line you gave me?
0: I, uh, my my uh, honing in on los- listening skills was one of the ones.
1: That, that's right. I still think of that all the time. When I'm, maybe I'm with a client and I'm having trouble understanding what they are, they really want or where they're going or where they wanna go. I remember what Bo Miracle said: hone your listening skills, and it maybe helps take me to another level.
0: Well, and not only helped you, it helped me as well because you know sometimes when we project certain things, we're 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 saying it for ourselves as well. And uh, you know that it was a huge pivot. Uh, We we all were kind of in the dark there for a couple weeks for sure. We weren't sure what was going to happen, and then you know come I think around just uh, around May things started taking off in a in a way that I never anticipated but it's been very consistent since then.
1: Yeah, so I don't think I asked you this in March of 2020 for a forecast, but if I would have would would you have been right or wrong with what you what did you think in March of 2020 where we would be a year later?
0: Oh, uh, the, and how wrong are you? <laughs> I would have been absolutely wrong for sure. I mean, there was a lot of things going in on my uh, in my mind at that time. I mean, uh, whether it be, you know, how are we going to get toilet paper? Yeah. <laughs> you know, <laughs> let alone sell some real estate, you know. So, uh I didn't know if like the the government was going to get involved a little bit more heavy than they did. Um, you know, as far as shutdowns and things of that nature. Um, I yeah, my my, uh, my, my forecast would have been absolutely 100% wrong.
1: <laughs> you heard it here on Welcome Home Radio. We got someone to say they were wrong. <laughs> for sure. Oh, but I, w- I was wrong too. I thought that. In fact, here this was one of my more embarrassing moments, even though it didn't need to be embarrassing. As president of the Fresno Association of Realtors last year, um, after a couple weeks, I, I did a video for all of our members letting them know that, hey, the the governor has said we are a non-essential business. We cannot do business as as normal. We can't show houses. We can't do open houses with a lot of things. And um, anyway, we worked on the video on a Friday, and it got put out to our members on Saturday morning. Fortunately, I did say this is a uh, fast-moving circumstance because it comes out to all our members on saturday morning right after welcome home radio <laughs> <laughs> which is essential by the way yes for sure that's in my mind but anyway by 5 30 saturday night we get a notice that we are now essential and we can show open house or we can show houses with certain restrictions so we had to make a new video just 12 hours later saying you know Tongue-in-cheek, kind of sheepishly, I said, well, I told everybody this was a fast-moving situation. It's changed. (laughs) We pivoted. Yeah, Yeah. we sure did. Yeah. But kind of a good thing. And I would have, back then, I would have said, eh, real estate's not essential. I mean, because I'm comparing it to medical emergencies, grocery stores, things like that. But, you know, as, as it turns out, Housing is the movement of housing is essential to our economy. Boy, where would our economy be without housing in this past year?
0: Yeah, I, I 100% agree, Don. I mean, the 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 main component is as you know, you like the honing skills of as, uh, for listening, but <clears throat> the reality of it is, is we really needed to accept change because change was coming at us so fast that, like you said, I mean, from one day to the next, was it this? Was it that? What was essential? What wasn't? Um, I mean, as people or humans, you know, we, we we tend to not gravitate towards change or be as acceptance. But the acceptance word was something that was definitely uh, at the foresight of all that. And I mean, you know, all people need cars, transportations, one way or another. They need housing and they need food. So, you know, again, going back to, you know, the forecast and the questions and things of that nature, I too was in the same boat thinking, well, why would housing be essential? But, you know, after going through it at this point, I mean, like you just said, it's, it's one of the more important things that we do because we do need a shelter. I mean, the word that they used shelter in place was one of those common words that they really used. And there's a reality for that. That's because we all need a house.
1: They may have done us a favor so, you know, when they say government's not here to help you, they did by calling it shelter in place <laughs> and safer in place. Um, it told everybody how important that your shelter is to be safe. So
0: And then and and giving us the title, again, of being essential, I think was very important to, to us as realtors um, across the board because, again, it's one of those things for us. Uh, It really made where, you know, we use the line, home is where the heart is. I mean, it's the reality you know, and, and it really brought it in, you know, here we are essentially a little over a year later and how much things have truly changed. I mean, we went through a mini recession as someone would, would have called it because everything kind of paused. You know, I own a, a gym and a real estate uh, company and they both were, were paused at the moment. Mm-hmm. Um, and then now here we are, you know, things are starting to open up and I guess we can use the word lightly normalcy and, uh, I don't even know I what that is. I forgot what
1: normalcy is.
0: <laughs> As have I. And, you know, I mean, even with the mask, it's, is the mask coming back? Is the mask not? You know, and, and again, going back to that, you know, learning how to adapt to change. I think that, it, that that is a huge component for all of us, not just in the real estate aspect, but for most people. I mean, you know, we're we're a little resistant at times. Mm-hmm. So the
1: ability to change that, that's important too, because that that helped the realtors out a lot in helping their clients make moves. Now, I got some statistics here for the Fresno-Madera County area. And I throw in Madera in honor of our guest, who your office is in Madera, right? Yes, sir. Where's it at there?
0: So we're off of the, it's uh, Avenue 17 and Road 26 off the 99.
1: Okay. Did you know I used to live in Madera?
0: I, I did not.
1: Yeah, many years ago I thought, oh, is the next bedroom community of Fresno, and I thought I'd buy out there to get a jump on everything. It was a jump because the big draw was that they were going to put a a community college out there, a high school campus and all. Well, that did materialize, but not for decades. (laughs) Yeah, it was a little while. (laughs) Uh, And and, and, um, developers at the time had to do a thing for the Department of Real Estate called the White Report, where they... Said this is what the development in the area is going to be, so that's where they have to disclose that they're putting in a high school and a uh, community college. Um, But they didn't, like a good forecaster, they didn't have a year in there. (laughs) So, all right, Um, here is a, here's the first six months of Fresno Madera County for the year 2020. There were 4506 sold listings compared to 5230 for the same time frame in 2020. So sales are up.
0: No, big time for sure. There, there's been a, def, a huge escalation in, in home sales.
1: Yeah. And, and the excuse me, the demand for housing is certainly there. The, the number of 5230 could be a lot more if there were more homes for sale.
0: Yeah, there's definitely a lack of inventory, and I think, Don, between you selling about 4,700 of those. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I wish. <laughs> <laughs> Don't we all? But, yeah, there's there's definitely an increase there, um, home sales, the demand, uh, interest rates still being really low, and uh, lack of inventory.
1: Mm-hmm. Now, here's the real eye-opener. So the first six months of 2020, uh, the median sold price was 290000 and th- uh, in 2021 it's 350,000, so it's up $60,000. But the affordability rate, um, which is considered the, the uh, how many, what percent of the population can afford to buy the median uh, sale price of that 350,000, even though that went up $60,000 in one year, it, it only dropped the affordability rate a couple, 3%, not very much. So everything must be going up. Wages. Um, uh, so people are still able to afford it. And, of course, what helps is the lower interest rates.
0: No, for sure. Historically, I mean, they're still low. It's still affordable, like you said. And and to be honest, I mean, <clears throat> I you know, I'm not going to say too much about the government other than the fact that they've been having... Uh, They've been really assisting in in helping offset some of the the drastic turns that could be, whether it be unemployment, um, you know, again, jobs are still there, uh, money into businesses and things of that nature when they did maybe have to close or slow down. Mm -hmm.
1: Now, I got a good one for you before we go to our commercial break. So I'm giving all these statistics comparing the first six months of 2021 to the first six months of 2020. But as Paul Harvey would say, and now for the rest of the story, who in their right mind would compare anything to 2020? <laughs> that was a different year.
0: Seriously, I'm leaving the toilet paper in 2020 for sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: All right. <laughs> With that, we're going to go to our first commercial break. Stay tuned to Welcome Home Radio. Well, Welcome back to Welcome Home Radio. This is Don Scordino, your host. And we're talking with Mr. Bo Miracle of Miracle Realty out of Madeira. And um, uh, you've been a realtor for how long, Bo? Uh,
0: Just uh, over 11 years now.
1: All right. So you've seen a thing or two because let's say 11 years ago, 2010, the market was tough.
0: It was a rough time then, yeah, for sure. Yeah.
1: We were coming out of the, the, they call it the housing recession, but I'd like to call it the financing recession. Recession?
0: No, it definitely was event-based. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was because there were some crazy-type
1: loans mm-hmm. that had been made a few years previous that um, all the too-good-to-be-trues
0: turned oh,
1: yeah. out to be too bad. <laughs> oh, yeah. They
0: had, like, the adjustable-rate mortgages that were, I mean, escalating. They had the, the no-documentation loans. I mean, they were giving loans to anybody and everybody. The jumbo loans, again, no, uh, what was it, non-stated income yeah
1: yeah I remember a loan officer told me one time he goes I can't do this loan even though it fits the criteria because she put down on the uh application that she is the assistant manager at a mini mart and she makes ten thousand dollars a month oh wow he he said you know nice lady but I I," he he said I she's not going to be able to repay that (laughs) so at least she had a heart Yeah. Um, Well, as Paul Harvey would say, now for the rest of the story, she did go to a different lender, got it, and lost it. Yeah. So, yeah.
0: Unfortunate times back then, for sure.
1: That's right. So, um, how would you describe the Madera County market right now?
0: Well, I'm going to sound a little biased, Don, because (laughs) I'm from Madera. But, uh, however, uh, you know, I I would say that it's very... Um, fast pace at this point, just like anything else. Uh, lack of inventories, you know, that's not a Madeira or Fresno issue, that's a na- nation thing. And so for, for us in Madeira, you know, we're starting to see you know, a lot of new construction, uh, which we can appreciate, um, not at the rapid pace that we need it to be. Um, and then buyers are still coming, you know, from, from everywhere. You know, I mean, a lot of people, uh, when we were talking earlier about the 2020 um uh, drought of toilet paper. you know it was the same thing with the uh, inventory. but here here we are one year later, same thing. Uh, price increases are going up. Uh, people are still in high demand for homes. and I would say that the the market's really good in Madeira.
1: So where is most of the new construction taking place?
0: So uh, currently there's a couple different sides of town that it's it's going on, KB Homes, K Havonian, they're on the west side, uh, predominantly over there. Um, you have, you know, on the other side, kind of by 41 off of 12 there, you have the Riverstone, which is an absolute beautiful community right there. Gated, or not, it's not gated, but you know, they have the HOAs there. Um, and then also uh, in some of the, I guess, east side of Madera, you would say um, kind of getting closer to the Parkwood area and things of that nature. Uh, You have the Carmel homes and other builders over there as well. So I mean, there's a lot of activity in Madera and Madera is rapidly growing. I mean, I think you were just talking earlier about you uh, actually were trying to go to Madera. Now the developments are actually catching up to when they were supposed to, but you know, most recent news, we're going to be getting a casino right off the 99. And that's actually a huge development for Madera as well.
1: Yeah, that sure would be. Yeah, I actually bought a home, uh, moved there for about a half a year in in the Parkwood area. And I got to tell you why I I moved out, though. Back then, okay, I was single. I, I would drive around looking for something to be open on a Saturday night. The only thing I found that was open was the Burger King inside of the Greyhound bus station oh wow you know so there was just no nightlife there <laughs> <laughs> that was back then but you know then they built Skikos. oh yeah yeah <laughs> is that still there
0: no no so that that uh I think that transition to Casey's uh okay. and I think they have a bar in Fresno as well all right
1: anyway um what a let's talk about the importance of a team in, in real estate because I think that's something you're big into
0: Oh, yeah. I mean, uh, you know, not, not to, to overly elaborate, but you know, to kind of just touch the surface there. I think that a lot of people don't really understand the team aspect of real estate and how many people are involved, whether it be the lenders, the insurance agents, the escrow officers. Um, the clients, the other side of the the transaction with the other agents. And then, you know, a lot of these offices now are are branching out and having, you know, whether it be husband and wife or brother and sister or bigger teams than that, uh, there's a lot of people involved. And, you know, communication, we've talked about it last year, listening skills and things of that nature. But, you know, having a lot of pieces to the puzzle and having the right people in place is really, really a huge component of the real estate aspect of what we do.
1: So when you say team, you're not necessarily talking about having the Bow Miracle team where you have 10 realtors working under. You're talking about assembling the right local lender, the right local escrow officer? Is, well, am I, I hearing
0: you right there? Well, you are, and, and I mean, at the same point, I mean, it all starts within, right? I mean, there's a lot of great companies out there. For me, we're, we're little old Madeira, and so again, we have we have a small but mighty team. You know, I like to compare it to like Mighty Mouse, you know, so uh, but, you know, my team's really, really uh, an awesome family feel type of team. But it goes much larger than that. And it does expand out to the to the other people that are a part of. I mean, having having the relationships established with the with the title companies and things of that nature. So you have great communication, good lenders that have your back. um, You know, the clients are really going to be wanting to, to receive that type of information in real time. And so having all the right people in place, whether it starts within your company and then branches out to the other people, I mean, it's a a huge part of everything that goes on with what we do.
1: Here's how I describe to to my clients the importance of building the right team. I said, if we have the right team put together, that means the right escrow company, the right lender, uh, home inspector, the other agents on board with you, I'm going to feel like a point guard out on a fast break. You know, you're, you're just running fast and uh, making the no-look passes. You know they're going to be there, and, and you score. If you don't have the right team put together, you know, you got that lender out of Ohio and uh, maybe an uh, out-of-area title company, you're going to feel like the lead dog on a dog sled team. You can pull everybody across the finish line. But it won't be easy, and it's going to take extra time.
0: One hundred percent. And you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna throw you under the bus uh, (laughs) nicely. But you know, I heard you talking to a gentleman when we had a meeting not too long ago. And you guys were talking about how you guys really combated a situation that happened in the escrow process and and working together and knowing each other and having that relationship established really kind of helped you get to the finish line. Whereas like you're saying, when you're working with someone out of areas uh, sometimes, and I'm not saying it's a bad thing. We, we do work with people out of area, but you know, when you know the people, you're, you're able to kind of communicate better and then that goes back to that team point guard uh, reference that you just stated.
1: Yeah that transaction you're talking about had so many different obstacles, you know, a low appraisal came in. Um, there was unpaid utility bills that needed to be paid by somebody. Uh, there was, um, some, uh, uh, there, there were several problems involved by working together as a team. We put all the negatives together. And made a positive out of it. Exactly. So, in return for the lower, for in return for the seller accepting a lower price to fit the appraisal, the buyer assumed that liability for the the uh, utility bills, and now um, that, that's a, kind of a simple answer. It was mo- much more complex than that, <laughs> but but that was good communication between the two agents who knew one another, and. I remember at one point, you know, I was in the negotiation saying, well, I think we're going to need this to be paid. And when we got that no, I knew that that other gentleman, well, I'll say it's Steve Flash. <laughs> no meant no. It, uh, it, uh, that was their offer. So, it, and it all worked out great for buyer and seller.
0: Well, and to me, that's a win-win. Right. And I I, and I think a lot of people discount the fact we work together as a team because, you know, other side or not, there's a lot of moving parts.
1: That's a good way to put it. So it's the whole situation started out as a lose lose. Appraisal came in low, uh, unresolved utility bills. Um, So lose lose. But we turned it into a win win by putting them together.
0: And all parties won. Yeah.
1: There you go. That's what I like about residential real estate or selling it. We do look for the win-win where all parties win. Um, Sometimes in commercial real estate, it's not always that way.
0: Yeah.
1: Or in... Certainly in investment real estate, it's not always that way.
0: Or, or if you're working with other parties that you just don't have those relationships or that team uh, aspect, I mean, it can go haywire with the simplest things. Mm-hmm. Not even the complicated things, it's just the simple things. So let's
1: move into networking. I think that's a big thing with you. How does networking f- fit into all of this?
0: Well, there is a word that was told to me, uh, or a quote, uh, your network is your net worth. And uh, it's not just about money but it's about value. So the people that we surround ourselves with are the people that actually help us create uh, that growth mindset that we get um, to want to set higher goals, to uh, have great conversations. You know, the, the the negative connotation that comes from not having a great uh, network can actually keep you in place or keep you grounded.
1: If you don't mind, I'm gonna steal that one from you and maybe plagiarize it as like I came up with it, but I like that one. Your network is your net
0: worth. That's good. It's 100% true. And I heard that at a, uh, a pretty big event that I had went to in Las Vegas. It was called the Thrive event. But uh, it was all about networking. Mm-hmm.
1: That reminds me of a contractor here in town. And I was teasing him one time. I said, Mike, I've never seen you pick up a hammer. He said, Don, it's not what I know. It's who I know. <laughs> and that holds true today. <laughs> and he's built. Hundreds and hundreds of homes around town, remodeled many of them, and does great work, and yet I I still haven't seen him pick up a hammer. Yeah. Boy, if he hears this, he's going to get on my case.
0: (laughs) Well, I'll I'll help you segue a little bit from that to help you out, but, you know, Henry Ford uh, once said in a book, I think Think and Grow Rich, um, he was was going through a lawsuit or something like that, and they were trying to deem him uh, incompetent and uh, he stood up in front of the thing when he finally spoke and they were answering all these uh, questions about history and things of that nature, and he stood up and he said, why would I need to answer any of these questions and fill my brain with such uh, stuff that when I can press a button and get the answer to any question that I have at a push of a button, and they deemed him uh, an intelligent man, not an incompetent man because of the people he had under him.
1: Wow. You must do a lot of reading. Often. Okay. So what does that do for your mindset? Uh,
0: well, I think mindset is a little bit more than just, you know, reading a book or things like that. I think it's really based on a routine um, and establishing positive things. The people that you surround yourself with, uh, what you eat, what you, what you do when you wake up, uh, having some type of uh, literature that you can read that's going to help you, and whether it be story Me, personally, I read, like, self-improvement-type books, whether it be finance, spiritual, otherwise. And, you know, just, again, programming yourself, again, to have wins throughout the day. You know, like making the bed, right? Like I was in the military, and it was something that was uh, expected of us. Every morning, I make my bed. As soon as I get out of it, that's my first one of the day. So something like that. I've heard this many times about the military. Why is that considered
1: so essential?
0: Well, it's part of being uniformed, right? Everything that we do is uniformed in the military. So whether the, the, how you cover and align your clothes, whether you cover and align your shoes, everything kind of has a place, right? And again, it goes back to this is what's kind of expected and setting that expectation. And then once you have that expectation for yourself, then it kind of goes back to that mindset theory, right? Because once I make my bed again, it's the first thing that I do, then it carries over, you brush your teeth and then all these other common things that you do throughout the day, but you've already established your first win. Hmm. That is a whole lot
1: better explanation than the one my mother told me <laughs> when I was a kid. It's because I told
0: you so. (laughs) No, exactly. And I I think, again, you know, uh, it's like looking at it, uh, the glass half full or half empty. It's Mm. all perspective. You know, some people say, why would I make my bed if I'm just going to get into it later? I've often (laughs) thought that, like every day. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. You know, and then again, it kind of goes to, you know, waking up early and, you know, why do people do those types of things? And so uh, there's just a lot that goes into it.
1: All right. Hang on to those thoughts because we are going to another commercial break, but stay tuned to Welcome Home Radio, 940 ESPN. Well, welcome back to Welcome Home Radio. This is Don Scordino, your host. And here in the studio, we have Bo Miracle of Miracle Realty out of Madeira. But you work Fresno too, right? Yes, we sure but, do. Yeah. And, you know, there, going back a lot of years when I got started, <laughs> there there was a definite divide between Madera County and Fresno County. I mean, there was 20 miles of grape vineyard uh, in between the two markets, but not so much anymore. I mean, actually, Riverstone, which is Madera County, you could almost call that North Fresno.
0: In fact, I do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for sure. I mean, there's been a lot of growth since then. I mean, I don't know exactly when you're talking about, but yeah, a lot's, yeah, lots you're, grown. You're
1: not going to give up the territory, are you? It's still Madera County. Yes, it's still Madera <laughs> County to us. All right. Um, I loved your answer there. That was good. Um, You said you own a gym, too. How, how does that work
0: in with uh, real estate? Well, that's a great question. So it kind of goes back to the network. Right. I mean, uh, for, for me, uh, you know, I took on fitness because I was in the military um, and played sports in high school and things of that nature. However, uh, I had an opportunity to take on the gym and uh, that was probably about six years ago. And uh, it's a CrossFit gym, so it's more of a group training, uh, relationship building type. So as opposed to the global gyms like uh, GB3 and things like that, this is more of a, like a group setting, a little bit more intimate. And so what I found is, is actually people, when you get uh, personal trained or you do group setting type classes, you build uh, a trust, a relationship, a a community, and and a lot of camaraderie, just like you do within real estate. And so the network that I get from having the gym and being in a smaller town of Madeira, uh, you know, Fresno's a little bit bigger fish. Uh And so it just, uh, it allows us to kind of uh, expand our network. I mean, whether we're doing community events or, Uh, whatever the case might be, they go hand in hand. Now, um, were you the one who started Miracle Realty? So I would love to take credit for that, um, but uh, that is not so. My Uncle John Miracle and my father uh, originated Miracle Realty.
1: Oh, okay. How many years ago?
0: 1976 was when Miracle Realty was established in Clovis, Fresno, and Sanger. Wow.
1: I didn't know that. Mm Mm-hmm. That's the same year I got my license.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Just a few years ago. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah. Um, and, and now, so you've taken over. Um, are, are they still in it?
0: Uh, great question. So my Uncle John uh, had retired in 2003, I believe, and he had closed down, I think, the last of the Fresno office that they had. And then uh, they had expanded in Madeira in, the, I think, the early 80s and um, then in 2000 uh, around 11 I had gotten licensed and uh, unfortunately my father had passed uh, about 10 days after I got my license.
1: Ah so you didn't really get a chance to work with him too much that Mm -hmm. I'm sorry to hear that yeah but but you now have another miracle working there.
0: Yeah I mean it kind of goes to the to the catchphrase you know family business and so My son Dylan Miracle, who is actually uh, currently attending in uh, Cal Poly, um, and he's a wrestler over there. Um, He just got licensed while being in college and is here for the summer, and he's been uh, definitely participating and and excited about the real estate aspect.
1: You know, when my son was 18 years old, I had a good talk with him because he was applying for jobs everywhere. And, you know, as an 18 year old, it was kind of, he wasn't having a lot of success. I said, well, Stephen, why don't you get your real estate license and come work with me you know i have a good clientele built up and you can help me out he looks at me he goes no he says i don't want to work that many hours so where does he end up working he ends up working on a cruise ship 12 hour shift seven days a week for uh seven uh, seven days a week for five months in a row before you get a day off so um he has learned his lesson he, oh, yeah. he's now uh He's now a very good worker. He works in Disney World over in Florida, and um, he, he's the go-to guy there. So he did, he did have the work ethic, except during that time frame when he was, like, 18 years old.
0: Oh, no, for sure. I mean, I remember, uh, not, not to take over the mic here, but uh, Dylan, one time, he got upset about something, and he, he threatened to quit in wrestling in high school. And I said, well, you're not wrestling for me, bud, you're wrestling for yourself. So I retired my shoes a long time ago. So if you quit, that's for you. And so anyways, his discipline was some push-ups and whatnot. But anyways, <laughs> yeah. uh, uh, you know, kind of moving forward in the real estate aspect, similarly to what you just said about your son. Um, I didn't want to push Dylan. I wanted him to make the decision on him on his own. I wanted him to own it. And ironically, one day he said, you know, dad, I had an epiphany. Um, it just, I don't know what it is, but I just really find the calling towards real estate. And I was like, really? <laughs> I, I wonder where that came from. Yeah. So, so I think subconsciously he might have already known, but it came out on his own, and he was the one that went, wanted to do the real estate aspect.
1: When you talk about discipline, it reminded me when my son was younger and he'd get in trouble. Uh, I would say, okay, you can't watch TV for two days. And he you know, he was upset and but he never said anything he he wasn't going to give it to me that he that i got to him but anyway he would go five six seven days without watching tv even though i only took it away for two days he and i after a while i said steven don't you want to watch tv no nah. he was letting me know that i couldn't get to him
0: oh yeah and <laughs> and that's why i had the physical aspect i learned in the military uh does a little something different to us when we have to inflict our own burpees or push-ups.
1: Yeah. <laughs> All right. Hey, here's two proud dads. We're here. We are talking about our kids, but we're, we're actually proud of
0: them. Oh, so. for sure. I think our kids make us who we are.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That is so true. Um, okay, I want to ask you because I began asking about the what the market's like in Madera County. What is your forecast for next year? Where do you see the Madera County market being, And I'll say the Fresno-Madera County market,
0: in July of 2022? I feel like this is a trick question, Don. Um, It is. Especially since I was so wrong last time. So, uh, you know, I don't have a crystal ball, uh, but uh, what I can say is that from what I see, uh, as far as uh, job growth uh, and, and buyers and inventory and things of that nature, I, I, can, I, I see it to, to continuously grow, and uh, the numbers are going are gonna to continue to exceed what we've just talked about earlier. Okay,
1: so you see us still moving forward, and um, these naysayers out there that say th- that it's a bubble, it's going to crash, there's going to be a flood of foreclosures. What do you think about those?
0: Uh, Great question again. Uh, You know, I I do do a lot of reading, and I'm part of a lot of groups and things of that nature. Um, And what I see is a lot of people are like, oh, the foreclosures are coming and things of that nature. But it's not as heavy as what people are. There's always going to be foreclosures. Um, The forbearances and things of that nature has offset some of the foreclosures, and they've combated that really well. And people are in better equity positions than what, what we were talking about back in 2009 and whatnot.
1: Exactly. So I helped somebody out about a month ago who uh, and ironically is one of her relatives that I had helped 10 years ago. They had no equity. They were upside down. Remember the term underwater? Mm -hmm. Yeah. This time this person has almost two hundred thousand dollars in equity. No way do you lose that. I mean, in in a hot market. What if you underpriced it, it only got 175,000
0: equity? It'll sell fast. Well, I mean, 100%, Don. I mean, just like what you were talking about, look at the rapid uh, growth in equity that you said from last year to now. So if someone did have a position to where maybe they got laid off or whatnot, the amount of equity that they established from then to now is -hmm. probably $60,000. So they're not in foreclosure status.
1: Thank you very much. And, And so I hope everybody heard that. Um, we don't need to have a wave of foreclosures um, because there is equity and there's willing buyers to, to buy.
0: And they have money. That's how they're able to outbid each
1: other. <laughs> yeah. Oh, speaking of having money. So I had a, a cousin asked me who's up in the Seattle area that uh, there was a news report there that 25% of their buyers are cash. Are you seeing more cash in the market today than let's say five years ago?
0: Um, I wouldn't say it's as heavy, you know, I mean obviously with 15, 20 offers on the table at times, you're gonna have your three or four offers that are cash, but unlike what you're talking about, they're at purchase price or above. Mm -hmm. That's the difference in cash offers because used to be cash was king, but it was a lot lower.
1: Yeah, and maybe if it's not an all cash purchase, but people are certainly putting cash into it, whether it be 10% down, 20% down, paying their own closing costs, where if you go back to 2005, people were getting no money down loans. Oh, for sure. And having the seller pay closing costs. No skin in the game. Yeah,
0: and and prior to this, like you said, pre-COVID, people were asking for closing costs and things of that nature. So just in one year's time, how it's changed. Yeah. Okay,
1: we're going to go to our uh, next commercial break, but stay tuned to Welcome Home Radio, 940 ESPN. Well, welcome back to Welcome Home Radio. This is Don Scordino, your host, and we have Bo Miracle here of Miracle Realty in Madeira. And. Um, I love that intro music. Put me in, coach. And, and I I see Bo attending our leadership academy. It's like you want to be put in.
0: Yeah. And put me in, coach. All right. Why is that? What drives you? Uh, I think that it's just really good. I mean, I think uh, George had said it actually really well is just by participating. George Meese yes yeah he he said, you know you just you learn a lot you get you build these relationships within the within the boards and the groups of uh the associations, and I think it's just a really good thing I mean you know, I'm part of the Chamber of Commerce, I'm part of these other committees, and I just think that it's going back to that network hmm, all right, interesting,
1: and it truly pays off, especially when there's ten offers you're you're one of ten offers on a listing, but you have networked before you've, uh, you, you know who the listing agent is. They know who you are. There's a, um, I think
0: it gives you a leg up. Yeah. I mean, it's uh, it goes back to the camaraderie, right? I mean, people want to do business with who they trust.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Although I, I had a good one earlier this year. I, cause I told my buyer, I, I like this one. I know the, I know the listing agent real well and we didn't get it. And they said, well, I thought you knew the agent really well. I said, yeah, but we were $20,000 low. I don't think that, you know, our friendship was worth that. <laughs> <laughs>
0: well, and it's not always us, you know, it's a, it's up to the client.
1: You're so. Right, right. All right. So um, you also do property management. Yes, sir. So
0: what does a property manager do for an owner? That's a, that's a good question. So we preserve their investment.
1: Ooh, I like that.
0: Yeah. I mean, as simple as that. I mean, I, there's a lot of logistics that go into it, a lot of administrative, but I mean, ultimately, you know, someone buys a two hundred, three hundred, $400,000 residential home. They want somebody that's going to take care of it. Like it's their, like their house. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, aside from that, you know, what we do is we, we basically, uh, take applicants and we approve them. We pull their credit. We do the whole credit, Um, application, whether it's uh, checking their employment, checking their, you know, that they meet the criteria that we have almost like buying a home. A lot of people don't realize that. I mean, we want to see that you make three times more than the amount of the rent. We want to make sure that the combined household is one household, not multiple households. Mm -hmm. Um, We want to make sure that their credit score and things of that nature are showing that they are sufficient in paying their bills. Um, You know, we want to make sure that again, that we're putting the right applicant because we don't want problems either.
1: Yeah, because it'll come back on you. So do you handle those problems, like when a water heater goes out on a weekend?
0: Absolutely. So we're basically the mediator, right? So we're we're the the third party, almost like a, an escrow officer, right? So we, we handle uh, basically the work orders. The work orders come from the tenants. We go and provide those uh, work orders to the landlords. Uh, we get approval. We send a handyman out there. They provide a quote. We get it back to the landlord. They approve it, and then we go ahead and get the repair taken care of.
1: And as far as knowing who to call, which plumber, which handyman, which electrician to call, because you have multiple properties, you probably have those people already, where if, if an owner is handling just one property, their own, they might not have those resources.
0: Absolutely. And, and not only that, I mean, we do have the resources uh, available, whether it be three or four different AC guys, three or four repairmen, whatever the case might be. But also what I've found is when a landlord does the for rent by owner, um, the tenants take advantage. You build a friendship. Oh, hey, you know, we're going to be late this month. Whereas, not to say that property management's all business because we will listen to things and take things into consideration, but, you know, we have the resources, whether it's the notices or things like that. Um, you know, we, we, we make sure that you're paying on time or it's explained. When you're doing it on your own, you build that relationship, and some owners feel a little obligated to work with them. hmm.
1: Wait, do I know that. Um. (laughs) (laughs) Don't we all? (laughs) All right, so um, how is the single family residential rental market doing right now?
0: Well, just like we were talking about the real estate side, the rental market, I mean, there's lack of inventory. So everybody needs a house and uh, there's a shortage. So uh, just like, for example, we have a rental here in Fresno that just came available. We're doing basically what's called an open house for a rental and we're gonna do it from 10 to 11 and we already have over 30 applicants.
1: Holy smokes, why is there such a shortage of rentals?
0: I mean, it's the same thing. I mean, people are either uh, they're, they're living in rentals now and the, the owners are deciding to sell because there's high equity positions and the owners want to make some money or just be done being a landlord. Um, there's people moving moving different parts, doing 1031 exchanges and things of that nature. So, you know, you got these tenants in place. I mean, the, the, the 51% of, of homeowners are actual living in their home. Homeowners. The rest are basically investment properties. Mm -hmm. I mean, there's there's a high number of rentals out there. So,
1: without getting into numbers, but about half of our populace are renters. Yes. Which means about half of the homes are owned by uh, um, an investor.
0: Yeah, and I just want to verify that I didn't, I didn't get that statistic. I kind of threw that out there, but that's the, the overbearing percentage of investment properties yeah. out there.
1: Well, and one thing that we talk about on this show a lot is what statistics really mean, because um, there was the time a few months ago where, and this was a trick question, <laughs> I, I asked our guests to each give me the, um, the median sold price for our um, current market the three of us all had different answers but that's because one did fresno county one did fresno clovis one did the last month one did the last quarter so that's the thing about numbers um what do they say it, statistics are it, tell me what you want your story to be and i'll give you the right statistics yeah.
0: They also say numbers don't lie, so that's why I just wanted to make sure I said that. <laughs>
1: All right. Um, what about, is there a movement from multifamily apartments to single-family? Is is there a greater demand?
0: I don't know that, that I would compare and contrast as far as what's greater and what's not. I think that just like the Airbnb aspect, um, it's it's preference. Some people prefer to have an actual home versus an apartment. However, you got to get what you can get because I mean, right now the things are limited. So, I mean, if you got to go from a house to an apartment, we are seeing there is a transition in that as well. So, I mean, it's kind of really hard. I mean, I think at this point, again, with the lack of inventory, everything's in high demand because if you go to any apartment complex right now, they have a waiting list also.
1: Wow. So prices are going up on apartments also.
0: Yes. And I mean, uh, for investment standpoint uh, references, uh, the the rental uh, prices the what you can rent a home for is exceeding what you can buy it for mm. or payment wise, if you go to that. Yeah.
1: Okay. I And that used to be common or, or true in the very low price ranges. But I see that going up now. I wonder where that threshold would be. I should do some statistics sometimes. Yeah. But I'll bet it's around 350000 400000 uh, That if you bought a $400,000 home, it's still gonna be cheaper to buy than rent.
0: Yes. And I mean, you know, at, at some point, especially like not to just talk about Fresno and Clovis, but if you talk about that, eventually the rents get capped out. But if you go compare and contrast on a $300,000 home, I'm not talking about what kind of loan, but maybe your payments around 1300 a month in, in the West side of Madeira. that's a fifteen sixteen $1,600 rental. Hmm. So, all
1: right. So we only have about a minute left in the show. And I'd love to ask, what is your best real estate advice?
0: My best r- real estate advice. Everybody asks me when's a good time to buy. And I'll always say, I was going to ask you that. <laughs> it's when you can afford to buy. So if you're pre-approved for a certain amount, and it's right now, and you you have the money in the bank, now's the time.
1: Okay. So the answer to that question is personal, not market-wise. Exactly. Because nobody rings a bell at the top of the market, nor at the bottom of the market. So so what if you bought the day after when prices um, bottomed out or topped out? So So
0: eventually go back up?
1: Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, Bo, I'd like to thank you very much for coming in today and spending the time to educate me and all our listeners.
0: Thank you for having me, Don.
1: Sure. Thank, you. And we'll have you back again soon. Uh, thank you to all our listeners for tuning in to Welcome Home Radio. We'll be back next week. Same time, same place. 940 ESPN.